Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Leo Effects. Today I have with me a very, very special guest. I'm very excited to speak with him. I was very happy when he said he would come on the show. So please allow me to introduce to you Mr. Jameson. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well myself, uh, especially now that I got you here. Now, for those who may be like, oh, I don't recognize that face or that voice. This is Jameson Price. And I, I'm not going to sit here and, and list off the, the <laughs> longest resume I've ever seen in my life. It's a few credits on IMDb now, yeah. <laughs> just, just a couple. Uh, but I would like to ask you perhaps what you feel maybe some of your more predominant roles might be. Oh, well, um, I'm a voice actor as well as an actor, actor, uh, actor, actor. <laughs> I've done film, <laughs> TV, and stage. Um, people mostly, I don't know if they mostly know me, but they mostly freak out about the, uh, being the announcer for Mortal Kombat for the last three, nine X or 10 or whatever that was called and 11 <laughs> recently. Um, because I mean, that's such an iconic, uh, voice icon that, right. I mean, people, people who don't even play video games know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, that's, that's probably the, the biggest one. Absolutely. Um, Garen from League of Legends is very popular. Got a lot of people having, uh, getting excited about Garen. Um, stuff from World of Warcraft. I've done a bunch there. Bane Bloodhoof, uh, is a big one that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my old characters, Jaraxxus, uh, from World of Warcraft got resurrected in Hearthstone. And, uh, a friend of mine <laughs> showed me, um, I think Mr. Voltron who's put it together it's a five hour and a 10 hour kind of dubstep rap thing that he put together using my voice and some electronic music. And it's amazing, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's very hypnotic and goes on for a long time. Uh, Ryder from fate zero mm-hmm. was a fan favorite. Um, that was a lot of fun to do. Uh, oh, Sojuro in persona five, both uh, video game. And now also we did an, uh, an anime version. Uh, Sojuro has been, been a, a good character and I think he got into some like top 10 or top hundred lists or something of that sort of 
if characters and the That's recent amazing. characters or something. Um, oh, online I look, I look and when it says, you know, it's Lubu from Dynasty Warriors, which is, is a, an old character that I've done. It's very loud and obnoxious. Um, <laughs> Chad from Bleach is a big popular one. Uh, it's all I can think of right now. Yeah. I'm, oh, um, goes... Aka, from Akira, the, the colonel. Yeah. That's like old school. Yeah. <laughs> a long yeah. time ago. A lot of people cut their teeth on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what it was when I did it. It was really? um, rel relatively early on in my career. I think it was late 90s or early 2000. Um, but I never had seen the film before. And, you know, okay, I, I did my thing. And then later on I find out it's this, you know, <laughs> huge icon <laughs> of anime. Like, oh, wow, that was really cool. Yeah, and see, that's what I'm talking about. You've, you've just you've got so much stuff under your belt, so many different things that you've done. It's absolutely amazing. Well, it's been a bit of a long career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know that kind of uh, leads into my my next question here is like, what made you decide to pursue a career in acting? Oh my, uh, I've always acted. Um, I started like in the fourth grade, so I had teachers that were into theater. Um, I grew up in Berkeley, California, so it was a little very progressive back in the '60s, <clears throat> way back then, and. Uh, <laughs> So, um, I kind of got involved in theater, um, quite young. Uh, my parents even dabbled in it a little bit. So I saw them on stage. Um, I did it in high school and in college. And in some ways I kind of went, Oh, I'll never, you know, who, who wants a career as an actor because you're never going to make any money. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I was very, very lucky and I got offered work while I was still in college and went into kind of a theater company right off the bat. Worked regional theater for a while, outdoor drama, stuff like that. Um, went back and got my graduate degree uh, here in old, in Long Beach. And uh, then right after getting through that, um, I was doing a play at the Long Beach Playhouse with um, with Dorothy Fawn. I don't know if you know her, but she and the Tom Fawn are uh, very active voice actors. And Dorothy was like, you know, I, we're doing this and you should probably try it. And then she... Uh, <laughs> She got me in, in the studio and uh, the rest is history. Just kind of took off from there. That's beautiful. <laughs> you were in the right place at the right time. Yeah, really was. Um, I mean, I'd done some voice stuff all my life. Um, I'd done what was called forensics. It was uh, poetry. and I did poetry and prose. It was speech making and stuff like that in high school. Yeah. But um, but I, my competition was in, in oral interpretation, doing um, reading poetry and prose and uh getting a lot of training in how to how to interpret a script really and how to communicate that to an audience it was invaluable um training i didn't know it at the time uh it was funny because at the times the judges were like you know you've got a career in oral interpretation if you want it and i kind of was like <laughs> who's gonna pay me to talk <laughs> little did i know yeah they were right who knew <laughs> did you have a particular person or a particular thing that was kind of an inspiration to you oh well i loved my saturday morning cartoons um back then <laughs> they only had saturday morning ones um yeah loved that and that was all kind of stuff as, as a kid you kind of imaginatively played at and copied and imitated and um i watched you know a fair amount of tv and um accents always kind of fascinated me so i started imitating those and with accent comes character. Mm -hmm. And um, so it, that really just 
when you play as a child, uh, you're, you could be training yourself. <laughs> uh, and I had enough of an ear for it that, um, that I suppose I wasn't bad at it cause I kept doing it. No, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just kind of, kind of snowballed in, in many ways. And some of that early, um, influences, um, some of the, I guess uh, the British actors, um, Richard Burton, Peter O'Toole, Alec Guinness, um, Burton and well, Burton especially had such a wonderful, rich um, bass baritone, and that's where my voice was headed when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his he relished language in in such a way that um, he was a, a real hero of mine when I was younger. Um, oh, and then James Earl Jones, of course, when Star Wars came about, um, that was like because that was <laughs> the character closest to what my voice sounded like. That's <laughs> you know, what I could go ahead and do. I, I couldn't imitate uh, Mark Hamill very well. <clears throat> yeah. Or, <laughs> oh, you know, Han Solo. But but Darth Vader, no problem. <laughs> and you had a lot of support then be- when you said you wanted to become an actor. Um, yeah, my parents were supportive. Um, they wanted to make sure that I you know, had, <laughs> had a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted me to get through college, and so I certainly did that. Um, and they you know, gently said... Hey, law school, uh, <laughs> you like to talk, you could be a lawyer. Um, that did not interest me, uh, really at all. Um, I, I dabbled briefly in psychology, um, because I find psychology and, and how, you know, what makes personality, how do we, what is our consciousness? All that kind of stuff is really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And so I started kind of going down that road, um, with the possibility of doing experimental psych and being a psychologist, um, and rather quickly found out that that's not what I wanted to do in life. And I went back to the theater and found I could explore the human psyche in many different ways using acting and characterization. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I speak for, you know, all my listeners and definitely for myself when I say, I, I'm glad that you chose the career path that you did. Oh, good. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> my parents were not, you know, they didn't dissuade me so much just to say, make sure that you have something else you can do. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's, that's, I mean, acting is such a precarious, uh, occupation. You never know wh- where your next paycheck is coming from, when your next job is, and it can be very uh, much of a roller coaster sort of existence. Right. So being able to have many irons in the fire has served me well over the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say. And so how do you, personally come up with a character voice i'm very visual um so i want to see artwork and typically i mean a lot of some anime is kind of simplistic but a lot of it is beautiful artwork and in video games now even more so the artwork is just phenomenal and looking at the character and at the artwork you can kind of sit there and go well you know, are they large and thick? Or are they small and thin? Um, is it, you know, are they old? Are they young? There's a bunch of different just kind of parameters mm-hmm. that you can go, okay, here's here's part of, of uh, I, often I, <laughs> I've tried to explain it as, as a spice rack for me <clears throat> in that I go, okay, let's take a little bit of, you know, a little bit of age um, and then, do we do make it this, is this a smooth or is it, or is this gruff? And so just kind of adding little bits of things, 
and and that also is in conjunction, of course, with the director, um, and sometimes even the writers online uh, when we're doing a session, um, and they will help. You know, oh no, no, he's he's this, he's that, and they will give little nudges in the right direction. And so it's in some respects a very collaborative effort mm -hmm. to come up with the character voice. Um, there are times, of course, when they just say, you know, come up with something. Okay, so then I come up with something, and then they'll shape it a little bit. Um, one of the most crazy things that ever happened, and this was without artwork. Usually, usually the artwork is great because it helps stimulate, stimulate my imagination, but you have to have imagination on your own. Mm -hmm. And it was an early <laughs> World of Warcraft character. Okay. And, uh, and they said, okay, we want you to, you know, here's a character. Maybe you, you can do it. All right. So they said, okay, well, this is, um, what was it? Okay, first, because there were several parameters involved in this. Um, he's an eagle avatar um, of a troll. Hmm. Okay, all right. Eagle avatar. Right. Eagle, okay, eagle, bird, bird sound, all right. And then troll. And they, Well, oh, by the way, trolls in the world of Warcraft have Jamaican accents. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, so I'm... Now I'm going to do a bad Jamaican accent, okay? And then I'm going to be an eagle. Feed me, brothers. And I got the job. And it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was kind of crazy. But it's, you know, okay, you take this and that and put them together, whether it can be an animal, eagle, or, you know, or an accent, the Jamaican. Uh, there's all these different things you can play with to put together to, to make that character come to life. That, that's great. I absolutely that's for, that's, love that. Well, that's that. for original. If we're doing dubbing, then we we listen to the original actor, and we are going to take what they did and then try to reinterpret that for an American audience. Mm -hmm. So, like the job I was doing today was a dubbing one. So, you know, the character that I, the actor that I was listening to, was big and loud and gruff. So my my voice is a little rough right now because yeah. I had to do two hours of big, loud, and gruff. Um, so we take that and then, you know, modify it so that it's make, I can make it my own, but I'm being very much inspired and trying to stay relatively true to the original character because I'm just dubbing. I'm replacing that. I'm not trying to change that character. Right. I love the spice rack analogy. That's amazing. It works for me. Different things work for different people. Um, uh, some people use colors. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah this character is red oh this character is green you know and so that colors can inspire them um i like the spice rack because i like to cook uh so it makes sense to me and spices run the gamut from you know hot and spicy to you know cool and smooth mm -hmm. so it's kind of fun for for me just imagine it imaginatively it works <laughs> yeah i'm using your imagination just like you like <laughs> There's a lot of imagination that goes on. We're in a booth by ourselves, um, hopefully watching something, but sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're just in there and you've got the artwork you look at. And if it's original stuff, they're like, you're, you're creating everything. So you're creating the, the world and the person you're talking to and everything yeah. just in your, in your imagination and having to hold on to that and then act. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, you have to act too while you're imagining this whole <laughs> yeah, other thing. Yeah, you know, just... Do everything. It's it's okay. It's a juggling process. <laughs> now you have been in theater, live action movies, animation, yep. video games. Is there one that you prefer to do over the others, or do you kind of like them all equally? Oh, they're all so different. Um, 
I started in theater, so live theater is um has a real spot in my heart. There's such an amazing connection with an audience when you're doing live theater. Um, it's performing without, uh, you know, it's tight wire without the net. It's because yeah, something goes wrong, you have to deal with it. There's no second right. take. There's no, oh, wait, wait, stop. Let me do that again. Um, so it's, it's terrifying and exciting. Um, but there is a real give and, give and take, an exchange, a physical exchange with the audience that is unlike anything else. Um, that being said, film is really interesting. I mean, it tends to be more of a director's medium, um, film and even, and even TV, because you have the, this, the one eye of the camera. Mm-hmm. But within that, oh, some wonderful stuff can happen. And uh, I haven't done enough of it. So I'm still relatively uncomfortable, even at my advanced age, in front of a camera. Uh, <laughs> you did a great job just, in The Patriot, though. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Um, but it's, it's amazing how self-conscious you get when there's a camera on you. All of a sudden it's like, oh, what am I doing with my hands? Oh, don't. And it's, you have to not think about that. You think about what you're supposed to be doing. And mm-hmm. I, I got there. <laughs> but it, it often has been a challenge for me um, in trying to translate from the stage to, uh, to that one eye of the camera. Um, when I started doing uh, more voiceover work, it was interesting because at the time during the Patriot, my daughter was um, quite young. So that was 99. So she was four. Um, and I was gone for a couple of months. And that was, they changed a lot at that time. And so it was it was kind of rough. And I was doing a lot of auditioning up in L.A. <clears throat> yeah. Wherein, you know, you're driving an hour, hour and a half in traffic. You're sitting around, you know, for five minutes of auditioning, you're waiting for 45 minutes to an hour because there's lots of people. Then you're driving home in rush hour traffic. So I, I was spending a lot of time not at home. Mm-hmm. When my son was born um, in 2003, things were really kind of kicking kicking off. Um, a lot of the video game work was, was the um, memory storage had gotten cheaper and bigger. So they were able to do more cinematics and do more uh, have actors come in and do their work. Uh, and it, gosh, it paid the same. (laughs) (laughs) It was a day rate. I was like, wow, you know, I'm going, I'm going in for maybe four hours, but usually two and sometimes one and I'm getting paid for the day. And I can, instead of, uh, in, uh, on camera work, they're like, okay, you have to be here on set at uh, 5 AM. You're going to go into hair and makeup and then you're going to, you know, and then you, you'd actually don't shoot till four o'clock. And anyway, it's a huge long day, 12 mm-hmm. to 14 hours. And then voiceover, they go, um, when is when are you available? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, <clears throat> 10 to two. Okay. Then, you know, to try to avoid the rush hour. And it's like, if I have to go outside of that, I do. But for the most part, the scheduling, they ask you when you want to be scheduled. And gotcha. then if they can work around that, they can, they will. And, uh, that's been a huge plus. And so I was able to, you know, take my son to school in the morning and pick him up in the afternoon and be there for the afternoon soccer games and all the kind of fun stuff that, uh, it's, you know, as a dad, you're supposed to be there for. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess, I mean, and the answer, the ultimate answer to that question is I think voiceover, um, and partially as I've put into the, what are the, the, the 10,000 hours or whatever, um, <laughs> I'm, so comfortable with a microphone. Um, I know different microphones. I know how they work. Um, 
I'm a technical person as well. So, um, it's a, I have an ease with it and microphones just love what my voice does. It's, (laughs) it's kind of fun that, I mean, I go into a studio and they put me on a Neumann U87 and throw a Avalon 737 channel strip on that thing. It's, it comes out with this just rich butter warmth that, um, I'm amazed when I listen to it. Like, <laughs> wow, I sound like that. Well, no, but this helps make you there. Right. But you have to have some of the, you know, the raw material. Right. Um, right. There's a rumbling that I, I apparently I rumble microphones. So, well, there you go. <laughs> low frequency vibrations that happen in here. <laughs> Rich buttery. <laughs> oh, what was it? Yeah. I mean, I've had um, cognac voice, I've had um, iron velvet, you know, burnt butter, all kinds of things like that. <laughs> and somebody tweeted and it just made me laugh. And I've actually used it because they were, we're now getting, um, requests from studios about, you know, what is your equipment? Um, one of them even had a, you know, a description of your voice. I'm like, well, it's been described as you know, all those other things and sexual chocolate. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> on, somebody tweeted that it was, you know, something, something, something about my, the sexual chocolate that is my voice. And I was just, this, <laughs> it cracked me up, but it's like, okay, I'm going to use that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, sexual chocolate. Yes. Oh. That's my new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. So keep it in mind, you know, yeah. NDAs, of course. Uh, do you oh, have anything that's coming up that you are able to talk about? Oh, well, of course, Mortal Kombat 11 is, is out, so that I can talk about that a little bit. Um, Death Stranding was a fun one to work on. Um, have a little part on that. Um, I have not found myself yet, um, but I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. Um, last year, Metro Exodus came out. Colonel Miller, part of that. That was a lot of fun. Oh, I finally joined the Marvel um, Universe in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and I got to play Surtur, mm. which is very cool. Um, but stuff that you can, let's see, there's a bunch of stuff on Netflix. Netflix is doing amazing work with um, anime and all the dubbing that they do. Um, Levius is out now, and I play Hugo in that. Seven Deadly Sins I've seen on there, and I'm Dreyfus. Um Alt, oh, Altered Carbon Resleeved. That was very cool. Um, I can't remember. I, I played a, a boss, a big evil guy. That's a lot of what I do. Uh, <laughs> or uh, Gretzko. Um, I'm the CEO in that. He's not. He's the boss, but he's he's not very threatening. Um, Which is a great little cartoon. It is. It's a lot of fun and very, uh, very interesting. I haven't seen too much of it, but um, things that are kind of... Oh, uh, pod, speaking of podcasts, we're doing one. Um, there's a, a Shakespeare podcast that I got involved with, um, I guess it's late last year. And we meet on Monday nights. Unfortunately, we're on a hiatus due to the coronavirus quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But our last one we did do on pandemics just for fun. <laughs> because <laughs> it was like, it was, it was coming. And we're like, okay, let's do this on pandemics. Um, but most of it is, um, we're actually reading a play. So uh, we're doing Hamlet and there are several different voice actors involved, um, as well as, um, some other people, but it's kind of run by Colin Cox, who is, um, the head of Will and Company is a Shakespeare company here in LA that actually I did a show with, I did Midsummer Night's Dream with 20 years ago. So we got reconnected. 
he i've i thought i knew i've taught shakespeare i thought i knew i don't know anything about shakespeare he <laughs> is this wikipedia encyclopedia i don't it is amazing what he knows and he takes it gives us you know everything from the the social context the political context the meanings of different words that were like really um the whole goal behind our podcast is for people everyone not just people who know shakespeare but anyone to go oh now i get it uh so we really break it down and um you you get to know all the different things that are in that uh I mean, in many ways, Shakespeare was the Saturday Night Live of his time. Yeah. They were making fun of people right and left and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, so that's Monday uh, nights that I do, but it's called Mirror to Nature. Um, Colin has a, an Instagram that is just a one-minute version of just Shakespeare kind of stuff. But this is, a, I think he's got it up on YouTube, and we're working on trying to get it on different um, podcast platforms. Absolutely. But it's on YouTube as Mirror to Nature. Um, which I think he broke them down into, you know, half hour segments so that they're digestible yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and not too crazy. Um, and then another podcast that I worked on just before the Shakespeare one, and actually I got into the Shakespeare one, um, it's called Crypto Z. And it's, I believe the director told me it's going to be on Apple Podcasts. Um, so I'm going to be tweeting about that. I've tweeted a little bit about it that he's given me the information on, but Crypto Z, it's kind of a science fiction-y radio drama. Mm -hmm. We recorded it. I'm here in Long Beach or just south of LA. The director is in New York and then the female lead was in London. And so wow. we all hooked up on what's called Source Connect, which is a way of uh, studios kind of connecting with each other. And we... <laughs> He would give direction and we would act together across the pond mm -hmm. transcontinentally. And um, I would record on my end. She would record on her end. And then we would give the files into the audio engineer. And then they would, he mixed everything together. Um, but it was, it was kind of a, an amazing uh, endeavor. And I, we'll see how it turns out. Hopefully well. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. It's just really crazy. <laughs> but you no, know, it, it was a precursor to how we're all working now because it was, you know, it was all done remotely. Right, right. And now, like, I mean, like you said, that's how everybody's working nowadays. Yeah, no, we've had to. Everybody's had to upgrade a little bit, and um, now we're connecting remotely with studios. And some, I mean, I was dubbing to picture today. Mm -hmm. It's odd because we're very careful about you know matching the sync of the flaps of the mouths right. and trying to spot on. I can't because I can't, it's all being like the videos going through Skype. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lag. Right. So yeah. I can see it and I will do my job, but it doesn't look to me like I'm doing my job properly. But the engineer on the other end goes, Nope, you're good. Or let me just move this over. Oh yeah, they're fine. Oh, or no, they'll go a little bit longer. So they'll give some, you no, know, some direction, but I never, it never to to me. It never looks like I've lined it up properly, which is so <laughs> frustrating. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to trust, and we do. And if they want it better, they'll you know they'll ask for it. If it's Absolutely. if it's not on properly. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out as an actor or even a voice actor? Well, acting classes. Um, you got to you got to put in the time, and the time is in working your imagination, working your body, 
working your um, interaction and connection with other people, that's really tough right now. Um, Voice-wise, there are a number of um, people offering classes uh, online. Uh, Crispin Freeman, a friend of mine, has got some wonderful classes at voiceactingmastery.com. Steve Bloom also has some wonderful stuff going on um, in his Bloom studio. I think this, I don't know, I have the, the, the address memorized. Um, but Steve's a fantastic actor and has some great resources and he does on uh, online classes. So there's ways that you can do some studying um, <laughs> while, while we're all quarantined. Right. Uh, but once, once they, we're all let back out into the world again, um, taking classes, uh, doing shows, you know, there's lots of, of community theater out there and things that you can do. Um, it's hard to do, you know, there's no community voice really. There's a few things that people do where they'll do like radio dramas, um, and things of that where, where you can work on a microphone. Although, I mean, com between a computer and a microphone, even a USB microphone, some of those are good enough now that you can do a lot of practicing on your own at home. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, whether it's your if you want to do commercial stuff, then it's you know watching commercials, listening to the vo those voices, um, writing down the copy, the words, and practicing. Or you can take stuff out of magazines. That's an uh, an old trick that we used to do in, in practicing copy. And you kind of got to do it every day, um, or as much as possible. I, I don't do it every day, <laughs> but more often than not, more days than not during the week, um, I do warm ups. Um, some of them are sing a lot of them are singing warm-ups because that's great stuff for your voice and to keep your voice um, supple and powerful and and ready to work. Um, tongue twisters because that's you know we have to say crazy things sometimes mm -hmm. uh, and you have to say it quickly, fit it into those flaps. So there's stuff there that we're like, oh, you want me to say what? Ah. <laughs> um, and there would be times when the words are so, you know, they don't line up well or there's too many L's going into R's or something weird that your tongue trips over them. So you have to be able to get past that. Uh, but yeah, classes, um, you really have to come to LA or New York, I think, to, mm -hmm. to, to, to really work as an actor. I mean, yeah, you you can do some work in Texas. Um, I mean, Funimation's out of Texas, and there's a lot of voice actors working there. Um, there are actors working all over the country in regional theater, but a lot of those theaters still come to L.A. or New York to get the actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even the voice actors. I mean, it's they you know they come and ask the L.A. crowd and the New York crowd. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's some fantastic advice. Um, would you like to take a minute and let the listeners know what kind of social medias they should go looking for you? Oh yeah, sure. I'm on Twitter, uh, as, as at Jameson Price. Um, and it's J A M I E S O N Price P R I C E. Uh, um, I don't tweet a whole lot. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to get better about that and <laughs> doing stuff. Um, but <laughs> I'm old. I have a sense of privacy. I, people tweet about the most crazy things. Uh, really so anyway, <laughs> uh, Twitter at Jamison Price, uh, Instagram, um, again, Jamison Price, uh, Facebook. I have a Jamison Price public page that fans can like, and I try to post things there. Um, though again, that's Facebook has kind of faded away a little bit mm -hmm. somewhat. 
Yeah, somewhat. Uh, it's, it's not uh, as, as popular. Everybody's gone to Instagram. I'm like, it's still owned by Facebook. It's the same people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, You're telling then, the secrets. Oh, no. Yeah. And um, then I do have a website, jamesonkprice.com. There are demos up there. And that's, oh, that's something I need to do in my quarantine is redo my demos. It's They're 10 years old. and Oh, I don't have things on there that I should, like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, jamesonkprice.com. Uh, those are my social media contacts. Fantastic. Well, sir, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute blast speaking and picking your brain and learning a little <laughs> bit about you. You are very welcome, Ray. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. And thank you to all the listeners who tuned in to check it out. Make sure to go yeah. to the different socials and do the clicks, the likes, the bells and whistles, all that good stuff, and follow along. And until yeah, next I, time... I, oh. I do try to reply, so... There you go. <laughs> until next time, we'll see you all later. Oh, now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.